0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Lift Media Podcast. We're your hosts, I'm Mitchell. And I'm Mike. And today we're going to be doing Sorry to Bother You. I'm really excited about this. We saw it last night and uh, just just had to, to do a podcast on it because, I mean, I've been seeing a, a whole bunch of stuff on Twitter and Facebook about it and, and I was super pumped to go see it and it... it Really uh, exceeded all my expectations, so so I'm super excited to be doing this episode today.
1: For sure, it was a very interesting film, yeah, and uh, so much to go over. And uh, these last few films that we've we've done have just had so much. Um, uh, that there there have been anti-capitalist you know themes uh, throughout um, Snowpiercer and yep. and Okja. Um, that were suggested by um, one of our our patrons on patreon yep. um, who's great and those were both great suggestions and and, and now this one, uh, sorry to bother you is just something we kind of happened upon um, and it is so uh, great that there are like anti-capitalist themes being um, disseminated kind of or in media that is being kind of widely released Absolutely. and disseminated. So um, that's just super cool and uh, I was I was really kind of impressed and just excited by that in general.
0: Yeah, I mean um, just the fact that, that an anti capitalist film is, is whereas like um Oakja and Snowpiercer didn't or at least I don't remember much buzz being around them and getting a lot of mainstream kind of attention uh sorry to bother you is 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 blowing
1: up and it's 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 a household thing now well and I think we have a I don't remember I don't remember the I think Oakja got some buzz last Did year it? okay um and I'm not sure about Snowpiercer I don't remember um I don't know if I was paying attention yeah. um when it was released but um, but sorry to bother you. Also comes after Get Out and has some some ties to Get Out with uh, I believe his name is L- Lakeith Stanfield. Yeah, um, being in both movies and then both having like um, uh, the issues of, of some class divide and and certainly of of racism and uh, racial divide in, in the U.S. and so. Uh, it kind of comes after that, uh, which I guess could benefit it in a sense because they're both really interesting, great films that um, just have a lot uh, in common in that sense, but are, of course, very different um, in a lot of really interesting and exciting ways. But uh, I think maybe there's like Get Out, Black Panther, Okja. You know, maybe we're, you know, and and, and still much of it is... is um, for example in Black Panther and some parts of Get Out, some of it is still liberal, you know, mm-hmm. but some of it is maybe liberal criticism as well um, or a criticism of liberalism in, its, in, its, in uh, itself but um, as to where I think Sorry to Bother You is more direct but I think we're getting a little bit socially conscious maybe, you know not class conscious entirely but maybe just socially aware and conscious of, of these divides in, in society and um, and our art is reflecting it. Yeah,
0: it's it's definitely uh, come into the forefront of things a, a lot more than it it was even five years ago, which is 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 great. Um, I I I kind of want to say like Bernie kind of um, helped in some manners to to really like push socialism into a a more. Um, mainstream kind of thing here here recently and and now we're getting all of this material which even like uh boots riley had uh based on an interview that i i listened to on on democracy now which is a great interview with him he's a wonderful dude um he wrote this I, i i believe in like 2014 and like had to change a whole bunch of stuff because it, it was, was a while
1: ago. I don't I don't know when, but I read that too that it was a while ago and he submitted his script to a bunch of different writers yeah. and, and yeah. more experienced and it was passed around for a while. So
0: he's uh, he's been in, in in the know on the left for for quite some time, but uh, it's it, it's great that that we're in a in a in a time frame where um, this stuff is is kind of more acceptable and 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 gets mainstream attention and is a household name and can um actively kind of open the minds of people um just regular ordinary people who who just want to go see what looks like initially just going to be a funny movie um and then get bombarded with all this anti-capitalist uh, propaganda and, and, and hopefully take something away from it, go back home and, and think about everything that they just got hit with, um, because it's a lot, it, it hits you over the head. It's, it's like you said, it's, it's one of the most directly anti-capitalist, uh, pieces of
1: art I've, I've seen in, in modern time. Well, just part of the dialogue is, is, you know, between, um, um, Detroit, his girlfriend at the time, Mm -hmm. um. Cassius Green is the main character played by uh, Lakeith Stanfield. And uh, I guess I'll run through the cast real quick before I sure, finish this. Sure, uh, Lakeith Stanfield plays Cassius Green. Tessa Thompson plays Detroit. Um, mm-hmm. Jermaine Fowler plays Salvador. Omari Hardwick, uh, Mr. Blank, I yeah. guess, is, yeah. you know. Uh, Terry, yeah. Blank? Terry Cruz, uh, Sergio. Um, and Danny Glover as Langston, uh, Stephen Yun as Squeeze, Army Hammer as Steve Lift, um, just a, a a bunch of. Um, oh, and I didn't know this. David Cross is uh, Cassius's white voice.
0: Yeah, and Patton Oswalt um, is, uh, is is Mr. Blake's
1: yeah, white voice. That's interesting.
0: I saw they were uh, credited in the film, and then I was like, but "Where where were they?" And, yeah, and then it it hit me with, especially. Uh, Patton Oswald's voice definitely made sense. I,
1: I, uh, I haven't seen David Cross in too much stuff, though. Um, well, he's got that distinctive voice. Yeah. Um, but uh, R- Rosario Dawson was the voice in the elevator. I saw that. That's interesting. Forrest Whitaker, um, I think he was a producer, but he was also um, D- Demarius or whatever. the okay. One of the Equusapians. Um, So there's some of that stuff in there. It's pretty interesting. Stellar cast. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, the plot, um, according to Annapurna Pictures, is, uh, quote, in in an alternate present-day version of Oakland, telemarketer Cassius Green discovers a magical key to professional success, propelling him into a macabre universe, uh, end quote. And uh, of course, this was written and directed by uh, Boots Riley, as mm-hmm. we've already talked about a little bit. But um, you know, th- w- what I was going to say was that uh, that when some of the dialogue between um, between Detroit and Cassius Green has to do with anti capitalism, you mm-hmm. know, or how capitalism has um, you know wreaked havoc on parts of of, of, of our uh, world, and and uh, And that's reflected in her art as well, Detroit's art. She's an artist um, in the film. So, you know, I think there's a lot there. I think that uh, there's just a ton of uh, momentum for this kind of thing right now, which I love. It's so great to see. And I think that it's just, you know, those kinds of divides uh, are working their way into, into art as they should. And art is reflecting uh, those those thoughts and feelings and parts of our society and our environment.
0: Yeah, man, it's 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 uh, it's really cool. It's fascinating. Um, we're we're just at the the point in in time and and I guess even dialectics where where like maybe maybe it, it is we we're 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 kind of on that edge of, of, of we're, we're leaning towards barbarism right now and, and I think with the, with the right kind of art and the right people and the, and the right stuff to, to, to tilt us back over to, to, to socialism I, uh, and, and it, it, I think it's going to be pieces like sorry to bother you and
1: uh, yeah I mean you know material change is going to have to happen but I think that cultural and artistic and intellectual um, change and revolutionary and radical ideas being put into that can maybe further the um, narrative of yeah, that absolutely. material change, absolutely, you know, and that radical thought. So, um, you know, I'm not sure art's going to get us there alone, but art can certainly reflect and um, and be a part of what causes yeah, that I think kinds it's, of, I think of it's huge a, wave of uh material change and hopefully I think it's an integral part
0: because like i said i mean just so many people go to the movies and and just regular everyday working class folks go just want to see what they think is going to be a funny movie about how uh how telemarketers live their lives or whatever and and then all of a sudden they get they come away with a real poignant message at the end of it and that's um like you said no it's it's not going to do everything but it, it's gonna do enough to get them thinking about like what what does it exactly mean to be anti-capitalist well what and it,
1: just unionizing the workplace exactly you know? exactly so just just those things are super important um, so let's uh, talk a little bit about the um, more particular you know uh, kind of technical more particular um, aspects of, of the film and um, I thought that, you know, we usually talk about the the, 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 the visual aspects, the directing, the cinematography. Mm-hmm. Um, to me I love the um, the lights the lighting in the in the in the uh, the bar club scene they kept going back mm-hmm. to they were in it pretty often. That's very visual. Um I also thought it was an immediately kind of interesting how when he would call someone, he would drop into yeah, their, that was amazing. A, into I love their that. you know in, environment and be staring at him. Um, I thought that was interesting, um, and uh, I thought that was an interesting visual and kind of made the point. Um, and uh, as far as my favorite along those lines, I don't know if I have a favorite scene, but. Um, I, I did really like the uh, the conversation in his in his room um, uh, over halfway through the film where there was a lot of blues and orange lighting from the from the city outside because he moved to that place uh, what we assume is kind of downtown or in the city yeah um, he has that big window over his bed and and he's with Detroit and they've kind of uh, reconnected um, after he he um, Kind of fell out of contact with his original, mm-hmm. you know, friends and co workers after becoming a power caller. Yep. Um, and uh, I just thought it was really visual and uh, also had a kind of a dark and interesting tone to it, the way yeah. the, their conversation, their dialogue had, you know. Um, so it just mirrored that really well, I thought. And it, there was a really good. Um, there was texture to it. There was a lot of just feeling there. Uh, I really appreciated that. What, do you, what did you think about the directing and the cinematography and the visual aspects of it?
0: Yeah, I thought it was top-notch. Um, I, I believe this was Boots Riley's first film. Um, really? And to, to, to that is, is is incredible because he did some really cool and interesting um, stuff within the film. I think my particular... A uh, particular favorite scene was was um, the the shift from him moving, I mean, living in in the garage, to living in this nicer house, and like everything, like like you saw, like the the TV kind of split open and give way to a a newer TV, and and uh, all of this other stuff like broken half, and then uprose the, the the it's newer, more fancier version, and I thought that was a a uh, super interesting and, and cool way to make that shift for for him going from from being super poor to uh, being able to afford all these nice amenities and and whatnot. I, I, th- I think that was my favorite scene, um, and and just one of the the cooler visually shot scenes.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I also just you know talking about the visuals. I mean, just looking at the movie poster, there are so many. Like uh, you know, uh, purples and pinks and you know different stuff like uh, like that. And uh, you know he's got the white head head dress, uh, what, head dressing whatever uh, for dressing the wound. Yeah, on his, yeah, the uh, head, head wound. Yeah, whatever it is, bandage I guess yeah. uh, to to bandage or dress the wound. And um, and he's like the red blood is through it, and uh, it's pink and purple. And he's wearing like a. Uh, pink or purple tie and like, uh, you know, there's a lot of contrast there. So I think uh, in that sense, um, the the colors had a lot to do with the film Mm -hmm. and that may be reflected in a lot of different areas and in a lot of different ways in the film, may have different meanings even. But um, I thought it was very visual film, I guess, overall.
0: It it, it certainly was. There was um, one of my favorite shots – just a just as kind of a standstill was not really a standstill because there was a but anyways i I really liked when he was uh in the in the gas station parking lot and he's he's walking to the attendant um and then a a, a train zooms by and it's it's the it's the whole shot of the the whole parking lot and all the gas pumps and then this just this train comes zooming by i thought that was a
1: a really super cool shot yeah and uh, yeah, it, it kind of gave you an idea of the uh, environment of the area. And yeah.
0: Then he goes up and, and says forty on two, but it, it was only forty cents. Yeah. That uh, I, I can relate to that. I, I I think one of the times where I I was super financially strapped at a moment, I I had to get seventy five cents worth of gas, and and it's it's. Uh, I guess he he was kind of used to it at that point, but uh, it's 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 kind of defeating in a way to to walk up and have to ask for seventy five cents worth of gas. Yeah,
1: yeah i uh, I don't think I've had to um, I don't think I've paid forty cents or even seventy five, but I've definitely. Uh, had to dig through whatever change I could find and look under the seats in the car and floor mats and everything and I drive a truck and it gets about 12 to 14 miles of the gallon because it's not a new truck yeah and uh, so it's uh it I don't think i've i've had to do it as regularly as, as he had to at that point but uh, it's not a great feeling no um, no it's certainly not it's not not as good as being able to just pay for the gas you know that you need uh, to get where you're going but Um, I think, you know, moving on saying it's his first film, I can, I can sense that in a way. Um, he really went for it, kind of threw everything in the kitchen sink at us. Um, there wasn't a lot of subtlety or nuance (laughs) the way there was in, in, in like a film like Get Out, where it kind of, uh, which was also his first film, but, uh, you know, that it was, um, it was definitely trying to make an impact. There was not, um, you know. A lot of subtlety. I like subtlety, mm-hmm. so to me that's a little bit of a drawback. But you know, um, for a first film, it's it's not unexpected either. Um, and I think it was important in its efforts and what it tried to accomplish and did accomplish on on a lot of levels. Absolutely. Um, some of the some of the stuff was a little absurd and, and goofy for me, you know. But it made its point and uh, and the just you know you have to suspend your You know disbelief or whatever it is for a a period of time and and certain things, and we'll talk a little more about that. But, um, but it is, uh, I think, an important important film, and uh, and I thought it was well written. I enjoyed the dialogue. Um, The plot was good. It has some issues, I think. The dialogue was really good, though. Yeah. The dialogue really, I thought there was uh, there were shining moments, you know, in the dialogue. my favorite line is either going to be. Um, do you have a favorite line?
0: Yeah, mine's. Uh, I think
1: yours is one of mine. So. Uh,
0: yeah, when when uh, Squeeze is 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 talking about um, he, this is paraphrasing, but uh, he 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 basically says like. If you don't do anything to to fix the problem, then eventually you get used to it, Um, and and I thought that was because I mean, look at how complacent America has 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 gotten. Uh, I mean, so many people ask, like, how did we get here? Like like we've we've kind of always been here. We just
1: got complacent, and well, technology now allows us to be in a you know. 24 7 loop of mm-hmm. here's what's going on, too. So, um, that has a lot to do with it. You know, I think that has a lot to do with why folks think now things are worse or something. Yeah. There's a lot of bad shit happening, and, you know, bad shit's happened forever. It's just, you know, a, a reasonable society comes together and, and regulates certain aspects of it or, you know, decides certain things are okay and other things aren't, and, uh, progress is made. But, um, you know you you have that um those i guess barbaristic tendencies or whatever um, you might call them that uh push back on that and um you have a lot of aggression and and i think a lot of fear in the face of progress too and Mm -hmm. change changes can be scary for a lot of people and for for everybody in some ways but um but i think that uh Probably either that line, or um, uh, when he when when Danny Glover's character Langston mm-hmm. says, uh, says um, t- is telling him initially about his white voice, mm-hmm. and is telling Cassius about how to use his white voice and how to sound like quote you've never been fired, just laid off. Yeah, that's interesting. That's super good. That's really interesting. Um, and then also um just really a little bit separate from the plot um but when um detroit is introduced to um uh, cassius's co-workers for the first time um and they're in the they're in his car and uh I, i believe it's it's commented on that her name is unique or something and and uh, and she says, quote, yeah, my parents wanted me to have an American name. Yeah,
0: that's wonderful.
1: I just thought that was kind of, there's a poetry to that, you know. Yeah. There's just a There's just a way that he wrote that. Um, and I love Detroit as a character. She's so great all throughout, and I just thought that was a great introduction, uh, you know. It wasn't the first time we were introduced to her in the film, but... Um, it was a, an introduction of sorts, and I thought it was so good. It gave a little bit of a backstory and a little bit of something else, other dimension to her character, and I just loved it. And it, it has that that poetic thing about it, you know. Yeah, a little cynical and a an little American comical. Name. Yeah, yeah. It was super good. Um, so, um, you know, I think those are two or three of my favorite lines. Like I said, the the, the writing in that sense was, was really top-notch, I thought. Um and uh, let's see. I think uh, as far as the acting goes, um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I thought the acting was really good. Lakeith Stanfield is um, really becoming one of my favorite. He's amazing new actors. He yeah. is amazing. I'm really interested in the choices that he makes, the films that he chooses. Really kind of interesting. So. I'm always going to be interested in what he chooses next. I think, you know? yeah, I think for I'm sure, I'm always going to want to pay attention to that. So
0: his role was was kind of minimal and and get out, but he was still very effective in, in what he
1: did. It was as far as screen time, but it was integral. Yeah, he's the one who actually said the title of the film. Yeah, you know, yeah. so I mean. In a lot of ways he was a catalyst for a whole bunch of shit in that yep, film. Yep, for sure, for um, sure. But he didn't get a lot of screen time because you know, I guess, but um, yeah. And for sure. we've we've watched a, a little bit of Atlanta mm-hmm. with
0: uh Danny Glover or er, not not Danny Glover, I'm sorry, uh Donald, Donald Glover.
1: Glover. Um nah, we're talking about a
0: Danny Glover yeah. film,
1: so
0: <laughs> um I felt like that name was wrong, and and I was like, no, we're that's right. And but no, it's um, I, I was halfway there. Uh, Donald Glover, um, which is a, a a weird and kind of I, I don't I I really don't know how to describe Atlanta. It's
1: it's, it's very strange. It's a it's a strange show. It's it's great, great, great in a lot of ways, confusing in a lot of ways. Wow. Uh, yeah,
0: <laughs> but uh, the the character that he plays on. On there is 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 weird and quirky and hilarious and one, Hilarious one of my favorite characters on yeah the show. Uh, he, he, he he certainly p- picks out some some super interesting roles and I uh, I was really excited to see him cast as a as a lead in, in this and and he just he, he knocked it out of the fucking park
1: right and where and I will say where the plot. And the pacing lacked subtlety. I thought some of the dialogue, and also some of the um, the acting, especially uh, his acting, brought that subtlety. You know, Mm-hmm. Um, you weren't entirely hit over the head with it at every point in every scene, each act. You know. Um, he has a subtlety and a calm about the way that he delivers a lot of lines. Yeah. And, uh,
0: also just like how haggard he, he, he seemed to want to portray his character yeah. throughout most of the film. Um, he just, he, he spoke real, just kind of slow and dry and, and, um, for whatever reason, the way that, that he pointed at surge like not really like extending his finger all the way i I, the the way that he was was lambasting him at at the beginning of the film i I thought the the, just the i don't don't know it it was just such an interesting way that really stood out to me for whatever reason the way he pointed at him it it, it was it was a a, just a a half kind of point with his finger um and and there was just so much like it it you could like almost like see all the weight on his shoulders that he was carrying um and then then he like kind of shifted his 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 demeanor changed a whole lot once he like made it up and into the power collar section and and uh yeah i i just i just thought
1: he he acted his ass off in it for sure yeah yep i really enjoyed it and uh i think he's gonna be I think he's gonna make some really interesting choices, which because he, he already has. But um, and I've liked all of them. Um, so getting into, um, I guess we'll we'll. Uh, would you watch it again? And we'll rate the film. Um, so would you watch it again?
0: Yeah, but before that, it's 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 interesting how like he's connected to all of these different things that that are. Uh, a, a, a critique of America as a whole, in a sense, because like everything that he's uh, kind of been attached to is is um, he. Uh, whereas like Get Out was 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 like a whole bunch of social commentary. Um, Atlanta is in in a lot of ways they they do some some. Uh, it, it it it's more of a nuanced and and strange approach that they take, but also we have his connection to, to Donald Glover slash Childish Gambino, who who did This Is America, and and now he's he's on this uh, sorry to bother you film, which is uh, just as anti capitalist as you get, and it, and I, I think it's it's super interesting that that he's been attached to to uh, so many things that that are um, critical of and, and openly critical of, of, of the society that we live in
1: yeah for sure it's it's he just uh, he must have some sort of uh, you know, uh direction in mind. Yeah. Or something. Yeah, and, that's uh, that's what I'm wondering. And so that's why I'm 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 interested in his the choices he makes. Yep.
0: Um okay. so back on back on track now with with uh the rating, I'm man, I, I I I I flaws and all, I I super enjoyed it. I was blown away, so I'm I'm gonna give it a nine. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um and I would definitely, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for it to come out to Redbox because, because I'm definitely going to rent it. And because, I mean, there's just so much stuff going on. Um, there's a whole bunch of shit in the background, um, advertising means and whatnot because it, it's a film largely on advertising uh, by way of telemarketers and, and just all the ads in the background and, and, um, and, and all of that stuff. So, I mean, it's, it's well worth the second watch to, to just see like all of the kind of hidden Easter eggs
1: yeah,
0: or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for it to come out on DVD and, and for me to check it out again. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a nine and, and definitely a rewatch.
1: Uh, yeah, I think, you know, I'm going to have the same answer I've had for the last two weeks, on, would you watch it again? And one of these weeks, I'm going to change my answer. But, um, but I, it's, it's, parts of it are hard to watch. Uh, it's not my kind of film. Like I said, it's a little absurd, a little bit goofy for me. Um, so I, I don't know that I'd watch it again. I want to, don't know that I would. Um, but, uh, so kind of the same as the last two. Um, but, uh, as for my rating, you know, this is, not really enough of a genre film to be put in any genre. Yeah. So it has to be put up against movies like, you know, I mean, if, if for example, The Godfather's a 10, I can't in good conscience give this, uh, uh, anything close to that. But um, I, I would say maybe a seven and a half or maybe an eight. Uh, I would say eight at the most. But, I, you know, I can't ignore some of the pacing flaws and, and some of the things that are potentially odd to me in the plot um, that can be explained away, maybe. And we'll get into that a little bit. But, uh, you know, I, I do think there, there could have been some subtlety. I think there could have been a little more nuance. Um, and uh, I realized they were working with about an hour and 35 minutes or something. Um, and so... Or an hour and forty minutes somewhere along in there, and uh, so they had to pack so much in to that. But um, you know, I think I think that it you know felt a little bit inexperienced in that sense from the uh, director's perspective. Um, so you know, seven and a half at the least, eight at the most, and I'm comfortable with that. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I thought the content and probably some of the dialogue and acting was better than. Uh, quite a bit better than the plot itself um and so there was an almost an an imbalance or an incompatibility there that i couldn't shake but i really like the content and uh you know being a leftist uh you know media analysis podcast that's really kind of the meat of it for us so i think we've got a shit ton to talk about yeah Um, so you want to segue into that we've got uh I think uh, the issues I found were highlighted were labor and exploitation yep. of and unionization of the workplace and yep. all of that kind of in one there. Uh, racism and uh, there's class divide. A uh, little bit of social Darwinism, I think, in the way that... We saw that a little bit in um, Snowpiercer, but um, I think that, uh, that we... Yeah, you know, we saw that a little bit here too, in the way that um, that Army Hammer's character Lift, who was kind of the CEO of Worry Free, mm-hmm. um, which is we'll get into them uh, here. Uh, he, I, I think, had this um, view that for some reason he was uh, able to lord over and control these other um, sections of humanity that kind of speak to a, a social Darwinist kind of uh, perspective, whether knowingly or unknowingly. Uh, and a, a thing that's been bothering me so much, and, and it was uh, President Okja as well, uh, corporatism saving the country and saving the world and all of that. You know, there's so much of that because um, now we have these corporations that are s- taking uh, such great advantage of, The workers that they have to justify it by marketing themselves as charitable, and we're going to do something to uh, put so much money into the economy uh, for these few hundred or few thousand even jobs for some area in some warehouse, um, you know that it's all got to be spun as um, you know uh, philanthropic Mm -hmm. and worry free, and regal view are no exception to that no not at all um they absolutely embody that the way that uh that the mirando corporation did in oakja so you know i think those themes are all over the place here and uh i'm super excited to to jump into the political
0: yeah even the um even the folks that on the democracy now podcast compared steve is it was it steve or steven
1: Uh, steve steve lift
0: okay yeah um they compared him to to be in a, a Elon Musk type of character, a a, a Muskian, if you will, yep. um, which is is just
1: spot on, man. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I'm glad that we're there. Our art is t- kind of starting to take that on as well, and not just you know kiss ass and 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 you know bootlick over uh, yeah corporate yeah. figures
0: like whether um,
1: philanthropic or not, you know
0: so many so many fucking liberals and whatnot fawn over Elon Musk and 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 all that he's doing to to help the environment like okay if 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 he is helping the environment with with his tesla cars um great wonderful but you're 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 kind of canceling out all the good that you do to the environment by still treating your employees like utter garbage well and
1: you exacerbate the class divide every time someone you know builds that kind of thing and then goes and buys it for six figures and the person who built it just simply can't afford that and you just widen that gap so yep yep exactly
0: exactly so it's
1: still exploitation of labor so yep um yeah I, i think we're you know taking that on and uh and I'm very glad that, that, that our art is reflecting that, and that there are criticisms there. Um, let's just move through the plot a little bit because, you know, like so many of these, if they're very specific issues and uh, scenes or uh, whatever that kind of uh, take on certain issues, we'll kind of compartmentalize them and, and break them up. But in so many of these... That are just have so much uh, in in political content and and social commentary. We almost just have to go down the plot in you know kind of chronological order and just say yeah that's class divide and that's race you know or or, related or whatever. So just taking it from the top, I thought it was you know as soon as he gets the job, he he is um, the middle management which I thought was cast. Hilariously, um, middle management was so um, so damn accurate. Yep. I mean, I've worked in a call center and basically been a telemarketer, and um, but it's like you know, the the there's uh, in in any retail job or any job like that, you're you have your middle management that is like, you know, for some reason, for whatever reason, it's it seems. Mostly white and mm-hmm. goofy and bought in as fuck to the corporation, and we even had and, a domesticated uh, anarchist.
0: the 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 fellow that had the anarchy tattoo on his neck. Yeah, yeah. Isn't he
1: did. That, isn't that fucking strange? That was strange, and uh, and he
0: but he was so bought in. He you know? he was licking boots as good as the rest of them with
1: yeah. his with his fucking anarchy tattoo. Yeah, it um, was. <laughs> and and him you know first of all there was like a uh um with the great power caller he was telling them all about that you could be a power caller one day and they show a picture of Reagan on the wall yeah with uh with that you know legendary power caller uh, thought that was funny but uh uh you know immediately sells them the bullshit about maybe one day you can do this and blah 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 mm-hmm. um and i think we see that so much and um I, I, in this, this this film explores that that hierarchy within the workplace, which is really interesting. Um, and uh, you know you see that as soon as um, they have because you know s- s- speaking about the labor and unionization I- issue here, um, uh, squeeze Stephen Yeun's character, uh, or Yun's character um, he is kind of the the one who's organizing this stuff and, um, and he gets everybody that works there to do a phones down 20 mm-hmm. minute set your phones down kind of demonstration or strike type thing um, where they don't call at peak time for 20 minutes um, because they're commission based and they don't get paid shit and um so uh, you see that as soon as that happens, middle management pulls him in uh, into the office, and this is Cassius uh, that they pull into the office and realize that he's he and a couple of the people like Detroit, his girlfriend that he also brought on. Um, uh, he's almost uh, been a part of like a almost a catalyst for some sort of change or um, or uh, you know, uh, furthering that kind of some sort of inspiration to further that movement, and uh, they immediately, you know, reward him and send him up the chain mm-hmm. to get rid of him, you know, and to get him out of the office so he's not a troublemaker anymore. So it's like, it, it, on one hand, it, it, it maybe you could say it's not bullshit that they were feeding him about one day you could be a power caller because he did get that, but he got it because um, yes, he figured out how to do the job. Um. But it was not something that his friends couldn't do; it was something his friends refused to do. Yeah, you know. Um, So, uh, they wanted him out of out of that environment immediately, and they wanted to break up that you know kind of movement immediately. And they'll just pay to do it. Yeah, they'll just send him up the chain. So
0: that uh, it's 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 a perfect example of of exploiting people's. Individualism. Um, we're all kind of forced to 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 individually be out for ourselves. Yeah. And and uh, what better way to to, to um, kind of stoke that fire by? Oh, you all you want is more money. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, forget it's, about forget about those guys. Yeah. We'll pay it. you more.
1: It's an investment um, in
0: their shit. Yeah. You won't get fired. You don't have to deal with those guys. It, it's win-win and and so many people are are just forced uh because if obviously if he did stay um he wouldn't have been able to make money and that he had to make money then and there because his 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 uncle serge was going to get booted out of his house um he he unfortunately saw the situation for for what it was and and had to make tough decision but ultimately he had to be out for himself as, mm-hmm. as where 90% of workers are that's that's why so many folks give up on the idea of unionization um, I was talking to my dad about it the other day and and uh, well, my dad was just like yeah it'll
1: never happen people are out for themselves too much but they're out for themselves because we live in a uh, system that Designs it that way, mm-hmm. where you have to be. So it's an anti-collectivization, uh, unionization kind of scheme at work, but um, that, that that requires breaking that cycle. Um, but, anyways, you know, I, I think that the middle management again pulls him. Uh, I, I guess we're backtracking a little bit um, before he actually um, meets uh, Squeeze. Uh, I love how he kind of pulls him aside and is like. You know, hey, that was a great question you asked in there, and I'm kind of thinking about organizing because what happened was that they uh, were in, you know, what was it like a training, little seminar kind of thing, or you know, some some sort of thing where middle management was again kind of. Um, feed him this bullshit one of them said uh quote you probably think i see you as a system of motorized appendages but we're a team and i depend on you and you depend on me and blah 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 right Mm -hmm. um so then cassia speaks up and says great does that mean we get paid more and then uh she went into these like semantics of like uh well what is capital and social currency is more important now and um, you know, and, and just this bullshit. Um, but that doesn't pay anybody's fucking bills. So, no. um, you know, or buy food. So, um, you know, it, it still is bullshit at the end of the day. And, um, so then after that squeeze, it's like, Hey, you know, there's a bunch of us organizing to get us paid more and so on and so forth. And, uh, I just love the, that kind of, um, kind of insurrectionary you know organizing activity yeah i just thought that was super cool and really well done yep for sure uh
0: yeah i was i was all into that every every single bit of it from from the moment that uh squeeze was was um coming in with the with the union pitch i was like fuck yeah i'm here for this yep
1: And, uh, then you go to, to, to lift Steve lift, the CEO of worry free. And, and he, uh, he's being interviewed or something. Mm -hmm. And, uh, by this point you may have seen, um, a couple of things around about worry free, like billboards or signs. And then even Serge says he's thinking about doing the worry free thing. And there's a commercial, even at the beginning of the film that, uh, that, uh, Cassius, uh, sees in the, when he's still living in the garage that, uh, it's talking about, you know, hey, you can um, come work for us and we'll just house you and basically exploit your labor and you have zero freedom for the rest of your life, but you sign a lifelong contract, you know? Yeah. Um, and so there's an allusion to slavery and slave labor there. Um, and also prison labor. Yeah. Um, Which is, I mean, it's very it's slave labor. It's still, yeah, it's yeah. got right? I mean, yeah, it,
0: it basically is because of the 13th Amendment. Yeah. Uh, that that says like slavery is not acceptable uh, uh, unless under uh, prison confinement or, or that's paraphrased. So, but it, I mean, just just uh, for well, anybody that hasn't seen the Thirteenth Amendment documentary on yeah on Netflix, uh, go go check that out because it's amazing. And and uh, that that was the first thing I thought of uh, yeah. was was that documentary and how it's 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 basically just um signed up prison labor and instead of like actually doing something wrong though you're just basically signing yourself up
1: for it and the food they're like the food's great and the bed bedding is great and it all looks like you know prison bunks and, it sure does yeah to, uh, thanks brighter to the colors but prison food and
0: NTV Cribs uh episode which I thought was yeah. <laughs> amazingly
1: uh satirical and funny yeah and there's a book called the new Jim Crow. I believe by Michelle Alexander, maybe that had a lot of influence on that 13th documentary um, that Netflix did. I think it was Netflix documentary. Yeah, it was. Um, and uh, it's basically out, outlining kind of the new um, the prison industrial comp- complex and and how it kind of is, is designed. But um, but yeah, so you know, he says uh, back to to lift. He says. Um, well, I, I resent that and, and it's not slave labor and blah, blah, blah because he says, uh, quote, our workers don't sign contracts under threats of violence, end quote. Um, that's interesting because it's th- – so they sign it just to keep from starving or being homeless or being subjected to those kinds of conditions. Um, you know, that sounds to me uh, pretty, pretty – like a pretty damn – bad uh, set of options yeah you know so um, that's a that's a, an, another bit of I think bullshit kind of corporate semantics there mm-hmm. of uh, well you know maybe it's not really though it's a, it's a kind of coercive and, and, and uh, terrible but uh, then you have uh, you know speaking of that you have the billboard that says um, quote show the world you're a responsible baby daddy and, quote." With a black dude holding a 40 on the couch. Ooh. Jesus. I mean, holy shit.
0: Yeah, that was, that was, I I love what the, the, um, that, what they, they did to edit it though. Uh, left eye, the, yeah, left eye, what, how they like edit it and they, they show the world your response, baby. Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, I, I thought that was fucking cool. Yep. And we figured out that that was Detroit. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. spray painting a bunch of stuff. Um, so, you know, he, uh, he organizes, the Squeeze organizes that uh, phones down thing, and uh, they send Cassius up, and just further indoctrinating him, because he started that kind of stirring. Um, it, when he gets up there, you know, first of all, super weird, super long, code they have to type in. Good super, God, I thought quote, that was quote, quote, never going to end. Yeah. Um, then... They get up there and uh, he's told white voice at all times here, you know, which is, oh, man, that's that's interesting, you yep. know. Um, and then I, I just thought that was kind of – it's like how when you go get a job um, and it feels like you lose a sense of yourself when you have to sell your labor. Yeah. And it, I'm not saying that complying with reasonable expectations is a big deal, like, um, you know – there are things that I can get past like uh, we want you to wear our fucking you know logo or this st- name tag or some shit, you know. Um, there are things that are like reasonable, I think, that you can comply with that don't um, you know really insult your sense of self or, or degrade you, you know, but, um, but there are also things that you do have to deny yourself, like union representation and you have to sell your labor for such little, often now without benefits. And, you know, there's an expectation of education uh, for little pay, and uh, it's degrading and demeaning, and you also have to do it with a smile on your face. And you're fucking, you know, like he has to do it with his white voice at all times up there to make the money, you know, Um, which is just incredible, you know. Um, You know, regardless, uh, worry-free turns out to be the client, one of the clients of, uh, this regal view, higher power calling thing, um, and this upper level, you know, uh, and, uh, what they do is essentially they, um, you know, are part of kind of negotiating that slave labor, I guess. Mm -hmm. And that's mentioned by Cassius almost immediately, um, and so you know you 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 see a lot of that um, exploitation there, and he's forced to kind of confront what was already um, something that he was, uh, I think, struggling to to kind of conceptualize mm-hmm. after he saw the commercial and had seen the billboards and everything. And I think you know he obviously knows that um, that. Uh, Detroit is against this and mm-hmm. he obviously knows that his friends um, and fellow you know co-workers and organizers and and, and whatever were against this and uh, you know it's like uh, it, but he's caught in that place like you talked about about I've got to make more money I want to I want to get myself out of this position Mm -hmm. or get my uncle Serge out of this position where he can save his house or whatever, right? Um, And it capitalism has a way, I think this is a good example of how capitalism has a way of pitting one against another, you know? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, And so it's sell your friends you know uh, basically sell your friends out and leave them where they're at and then go up here and then you know, uh, realistically sell uh, labor to this horrible corporation, mm-hmm. you know, so that you can get yourself out of a bad situation, um, which is just demeaning and, um, and, and pretty awful. But it's something we, we, uh, we see a lot. Um, I also think that uh, it was really interesting where we saw um, at the party – that Cassius was invited to. Um, oh, that was a, all of that was just cringy. Yeah. Um, and, and uh, lift the CEO says, uh, yeah, well, you know, we still need the workers to do the work per se, but like what you're doing is, um, is really going to save the country and is moving us into, into this other great thing. And, and there's um, so much progress. He's painting it as progress. And this goes into the labor issue and also into the corporation saving America and the smiling yeah. face of and, and charitable and philanthropic face of all these corporations. Um, and
0: uh, well it's gonna do it, it, I mean and, and we can just reasonably kind of imagine that, that not only is it gonna save America, it's it, it's also gonna I mean that's that's like kind of where. Globalism comes in, and, and and eventually we gotta fix America first, and then it'll we can spread it, yeah, elsewhere. And and god damn
1: it, we're gonna save the fucking world with this uh, worry free stuff. Right. Look at us go. Which expansion? You know, global expansion just means um, more, you know, people to exploit. Yeah, in different places. Exploitation but... on a on a global scale. Right, and. Uh... And then it, you know, in that same uh, scene or, or or series of scenes, there's um, at that party, there's so many cringy racial things going on. Um, I mean, like like racism is, is is
0: interwoven throughout the whole thing because like he's he 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 has to use his white voice to. Um, I mean, it, it, I guess it's it's more optional when he when he first starts out being the telemarketer uh but it but it, it it's what leads him to increase his sales and he even like says like oh well, my friends already say like I kind of talk with a white accent or, yeah. or or whatever and then like danny glover shows him how to really for lack of a better term turn on the actual white voice right um and, and he, he does it so well that it, it eventually, uh, rises him up the ranks. And, and, uh, I mean, so it's, it's, it's difficult being a color of person in, in such a field like that anyway. And, and you hear it all the time. Like you hear like these like elderly fucking white women that like, Oh, you don't sound like a black person at all. And it's yeah. it's just like oh my
1: god! Or there's like just such a there's such a a blatant even if it's not said that way there's such a blatant like you don't sound anything like well, I thought you would. Well, and it's like there's this <laughs> idea that that a specific race or or whatever has to be the default or something. Yeah, and it's like because it's like this Eurocentric kind of like just uh, you know bordering on this like you know preference of of like a white ethno kind of state or something where yeah. that, that it's assumed that everyone is um, that that black people are an all are some sort of different thing like an alternative to um. Uh. What these white people expect to, to society and human beings to be. Yeah. It's really fucking weird and fucked up. And uh, um, it, you see that kind of highlighted in the film. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then you see, you see him say, uh, "Lift say to Cassius." You ever uh, bust a cap in somebody's ass? I want to hear about some of that Oakland gangster shit. You yeah, know? I mean, the, I'm just the, like holy shit! Like the,
0: the levels of racism just steadily rise throughout the film. Like it, it starts out as um, just kind of casually using the the white voice, and then it's uh, he, he he figures it out, and then he uses it um, to, like I said get to where he is and then like he has to use it all the time to i guess appease all the other white folks up on on the power collar floor nope. um and then once once he just gets to the to the mansion and the party it's it's just it's so blatant and and uh god it, it it's terrible uh i uh, i if you want to
1: pick back up with because you were doing it chronologically i don't i I'm no, i mean i agree it's just like it's just it does it it just kind of escalates you yeah know? the
0: the 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 wrapping bit was oh no that was oof that was that was a uh, that
1: was uncomfortable as fuck. Uh, well, he's like their entertainment for the party. It's like there's like a bunch of white people yelling at him to rap and chanting at him to rap and, um, I mean Jesus Christ, it's like, you know. And, and I think that I, I took it a little bit as like maybe there's a little bit of commentary there on how white folks look fucking ridiculous trying to appropriate black culture or, yeah. or whatever you know. But um, the
0: the thing that I thought of um most recently was uh when at first like he he awkwardly tries to rap and it doesn't go so well and then he comes up with this uh, degrading phrase to just repeat over and over again and that's all the rap consists of and all the white people just stupidly uh, mimic it and, and without any kind of impunity, just just go
1: along and, and repeat repeat it. Yeah, it seemed like how people make fun of white people acting at like Kanye concerts. Oh
0: the, the, yeah, the, that's my that's my uh, most recent example thing that I'm getting to with with uh, that recently Con- or not Kanye. Um, Kendrick Lamar invited yeah. this white girl up on stage to do, mad city with him and again with no impunity she just busted out that uh, that word and it's just like what the fuck are you doing like are you that stupid why and 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 it it just gets so tiring to see other white people defend her and, and be like oh Kendrick set her up why would he do
1: that when yeah. if if he he doesn't want the word said then and they're the same people that preach individual responsibility, too. You know, it's like uh, he set her up and she was a victim of this, but uh, of being set up. But then it's like the same but people who in- say that, um, you know, in some other context that uh, would say that an individual is entirely um, – you know, able to make entirely their own decisions, right? And if everything. if uh, and so, if the they're black, responsible for themselves, uh, to- totally.
0: If the black dude had just followed the law, then he wouldn't have got shot. Right. That's or that's. Or if their- you just
1: you know if you just worked harder, you would get paid more. Exactly.
0: It, God damn it! I hate that so much. They 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 spew it so fucking much, and it just gets tiring. And and they're 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 such, white people are such fucking hypocrites.
1: Yeah. Well, it's just such a lack of understanding of other cultures and other, other you know, and, and of a lot of history. It's almost you know. a refusal to at this point. That's true. That's true. For a lot of people, I think it is. Um, so I think it starts maybe from a lack of understanding, and they just double down. Yeah. Um, but then, uh, you All know... All the while claiming, I'm not racist! Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the right claims that, you know, f- they're the first to cry fakes, n- fake news, and then there's... Uh, actual analysis and and studies done that suggest that Fox News actually has the most um, lies, you know, um, per time on the air. But anyway, so it's like for the social Darwinist take, I thought that video that was shown, once he gets, Cassius goes down this like hall and finally ends up in Lyft's office or whatever, he snorts something, gives him something to snort, um, which he swears is just Pure Peruvian cocaine or whatever. Cocaine and uh, and um, and and the video talks about carrying forward natural developments, quote unquote. That to me is almost that social Darwinist kind of like we're just continuing on what's already been, which yeah. is a hierarchy of you know of um, of humans. But um, so that was troubling. And then he wanted uh, he he. Uh, Essentially, um, and I guess I should have said this before I talked about the video, but um, Cassius goes to take a leak and uh, he stumbles into the wrong door, which it's like, first of all, if you're hiding that kind of thing under your house, you should probably paint your doors very specific and bold colors, but he says the jade door. And he goes through a green door. It's very white person of him to, to yeah. think like other folks. And then he says, no, that's the olive door. But it's like, you know, um, <laughs> like, like, uh, like he sat at fucking Home Depot or Lowe's and like <laughs> picked through all the like. It's kind of reminiscent
0: of that Parks and Rec episode <laughs> where John Ralphio and, and, uh, uh, Tom Haverford make fun of Jerry because they can't differentiate the different colors of black. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, oh, but it was it, it's far more expected of a white person to 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 uh, be like, no, that's that's Jade, and this is Olive. Okay, yeah. get it right.
1: So it's like he stumbles through the wrong door. Yeah, finds these equisapiens, and then goes back and is uh, told about them, and says, "If you just watched the video, you wouldn't have been scared." Uh, Lyft says, and um, you know he basically says these humans workers that are uh, signed the contracts with Worry Free are being are having to snort something that turns them into horse human hybrid workers. Fucking wild! I did yeah.
0: not expect this movie to take I such a weird. Out there, turn
1: right. uh, and um, you know. And a critique on the plot that I have here is that I think it, we're living in a in a reality that doesn't have that has all the technology and cell phones and computers and sure different things that are all throughout the film and that we have modern day, but we don't have apparently automation that could kind of just replace or supplant the the need for a horse human mm-hmm. hybrid, but. That's a critique I have of the plot, but I understand that I have to suspend the disbelief or whatever to a degree. Sure. Um, I,
0: I I think it's more of a commentary on on um we've always used horses for for our means to, to get around and to work and plow the land of of farms that we were on. Um this that and the other. So I think, what it was is is how, um, basically, like it was it was taking the most uh, two exploited things in our past. Uh, one being um, African Americans from from days of slavery, um, and then horses as well because we we've, we've always just. Use them up. Uh, uh, I mean, even still, we we fucking gawk at them uh, for entertainment for uh, the Kentucky Five Hundred, and still use them to
1: to, for Kentucky Derby,
0: Kentucky Five Hundred. Holy shit! Yeah, Yeah, Daytona
1: Five Hundred. Whoops! And the Kentucky Derby. Kentucky uh, Five (laughs) Hundred. That's one thing. Wouldn't that be terrible? And (laughs) something that'll that'll probably happen. Oh Um, no!
0: (laughs) um, Yeah.
1: The Kentucky Five Hundred. Kentucky
0: Five Hundred. Yeah. Oops. Um, so yeah, we, we have the Kentucky Five Hundred, and and um, so yeah, I I I get where you're coming from. I I think uh, I don't know. Is it really a a plot hole if he if he wanted to like side skirt the message? Uh, I I think I think it was more important to him to to kind of like get the message out and to to, to like he they were com- he he the, the director wanted to combine the things that the two most exploited things in in our past which I'd I agree
1: bet. and i think that is the case and i agree with that but i just think that that's why i use the phrase like suspend the disbelief because it's like it's an alternate reality that they're living in it's an alternate oakland sure and we have to accept that because it's a way making it an alternate you know, reality is the way that they kind of sidestep that from being a plot hole, I guess. Um, which I think is not exactly, um, you know, if we're being like, you know, if we're talking about the film, it's a little bit awkward to me, but, um, but if we're talking about the commentary, I think it's, I I totally understand. I still don't know if the horse people kind of, as you said, were entirely necessary. I don't know, you know, but, because um, it was an odd thing it, it shook the pacing for me as soon as they got into the film but um, but it was jarring and it was supposed to be I believe so i I, I understand it and I, I kind of take it for what it is um but I think that uh, you know then lyft says that he wants to he wants cassius to go in he wants to Cassius to snort this stuff which cassius is already very worried that he, what he snorted before was not Yep, pure and was, um, you know, was uh, the stuff that's going to turn him into a, a, one of these uh, equosapiens. And uh, he wants him to be the equosapien MLK, but that they f- manufacture, you know, yep. and, and and kind of like in Snowpiercer how they manufactured revolutions. Yeah, you know, yeah. to control things. Um, and he says, "Lift says, quote, uh, maybe they want to organize or rebel. That's why we need someone on the inside." End quote. You know, so they're placing him in there as a, a, a you know fake revolutionary figure or something, or per, you know um, representative of their culture of Equisapiens or something. Um, but uh, I think ultimately he re- rejects this and he and he goes out and and gets back uh, kind of with his friends and tries to get right and this ends up being leaked to the media but the media doesn't give a shit and the corporation is rewarded for their innovation and all this shit which is sad and makes total sense Mm -hmm. um you know it's like uh they agree to celebrate this advancement um but uh i think the um and then at the end of the film spoiler here um they all is well you know essentially and you think they're going to live happily ever after, and he's back in the garage, and he and Detroit walk into the garage, and he closes the garage door. And then he starts turning into a, an, an, an Echo Sapien. <laughs> yeah. So it's almost like a horror movie shock kind of thing they do there. And then there's a little post credit scene where he and some of the other Echo Sapiens storm the, the gates of Lyft's home, um, and maybe some radical kind of action occurs there. Um, but I think that the, the, you know, to summarize, I think that this film is just about, um, uh, how capitalism makes people do fucked up shit and, um, turns people on each other. And there are so many racial undertones there mm-hmm. and, um, you know, labor is exploited and, uh, class divide is exacerbated and, uh corporations know this and they're going to try and pretend to be something they're not in order to keep doing it so
0: yeah one thing I didn't get was uh, Detroit's kind of I guess art show performance yeah I thought that too with uh, they, they threw cell phones at her and I believe
1: it looked like eggs with lamb's blood in it I believe and I was confused about the accent. Is that something I missed? It was supposed to be her white voice I saw. because I, That's what I was thinking, but I was just kind of like, you know, I was confused by that. And and there were things with Detroit that I, I loved her character so much I wish they'd done a little bit more. And these are some of the, like, flaws, I think, in the plot again. Um, yeah. For example, after Cassius and and, you know, he kind of ditched the whole thing. And they had that great scene with the great visuals in um, in his room, and they had, I guess, gotten back together for that night. And she said, I messed around with somebody else. I'm not going – which I, I guess we have to assume was probably the other guy who was flirting with her. Squeeze, who, yeah. Squeeze, you know. Um, and it's like, then he's like, so she's like, this doesn't change anything about us, blah, blah, blah. We can't get back together. And then without really any explanation at the end, they're back together. You know? So yeah. that was kind of strange. And that was another really kind of a strange thing. I don't know if it just was edited out or kind of just fell victim to the pacing or the, I'm not sure. But it, why would they introduce that without just, you know, tying up something in that, you know, in the middle of that, it seemed kind of odd, but, yeah. um, but I agree. And I think that the accent and that thing were a little bit confusing for me. Maybe I just missed something. Yeah. So, so if, if
0: any um, of you listeners out there, uh, kind of got it more than we did, let us, let us know. Cause I, I was, uh, deeply fascinated with, with the scene and, and what it was supposed to represent. I just personally didn't know what i should equate it to
1: i thought the her art on the walls and everything was really great yeah it was um also you know like i am you know some of that stuff is lost on me some of the performance (laughs) art is lost on me i'm kind of a simple guy when it comes to that stuff so i could just be totally missing it and being dumb but um yeah what
0: did you think um I just got the shit kicked out of me. What do you think that was supposed to
1: represent? Yeah, I, I have written in here just a small note about the show, um, just being indicative of a society that's used to kind of like a punishment and abuse to, to survive, and for reward and a progression towards barbarism. You know. Okay. Okay. Um,
0: I I thought it, uh, I thought it was kind of supposed to like represent the news.
1: That's interesting. Yeah. Which,
0: um, because it's that's all the news shows, and then like it, the, the way that they presented it was kind of like a game show. But why would a game show like introduce like this? Because eventually he goes on after he gets covered in the shit or whatever.
1: Uh, they they play his his tape. Well, they don't normally though. I mean, he just said, "I'll come on only if you give me this." little bit that you don't do normally and and, okay you know okay yeah Um, so it's not like they do those stories uh, you know before that he said the only reason i'm going to come on is if you'll air this right well we
0: also didn't see any uh, that was the only like kind of tv show that we were like introduced to so so maybe it i i don't know i kind of saw
1: that little commercial for the (laughs) for his
0: yeah yeah, I thought that was I thought that was interesting. Like like all TV is, is is just nothing informative, and just people getting beat up and and shit on basically. Yeah, which is what the
1: news is these days. A lot of it, yeah. Um, it's sensationalized and it's uh, for profit. So what do you expect? But um, yeah, I thought it was a great great movie. I, I really enjoyed it. It's a really unique film um my rating of it would go up if i could find anything else to compare it to which in itself is great but um you know uh it's 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 pretty unique um but is it a it it suffers in my opinion from trying to be too many movies is it a is it like a sci-fi or fantasy thing because of the developments you know in the second act or is it a a satire and just supposed to be kind of a satirical comedy type type thing. Or, it's really hard to compare, and and so it wins points I think on that basis for being so unique. But also, it's uh, it's just hard to um, to kind of you know find its place in. Uh, right now in, in film because it's somewhat like Get Out, but Get Out was a m- more thorough film, yeah, and yeah. had you know, was not as as, as absurd, you know, it, remarkably. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I thought it was great, I really enjoyed it, and uh, I might watch it again, we'll see. I, I want to, I, I really do, but, um, yeah, overall. Uh, super interesting. So much to talk about. We probably didn't cover it all. So please hit us up on Twitter. Um and let us know uh at what is it left media pod yep. on Twitter. And uh let us know what you thought or if you agree or disagree with any uh any other shit that we said. Um and uh again, thanks for tuning in. We we just uh, we always appreciate you uh being here and uh um, please uh, you know, visit our, our, our Patreon page and um, also give us a rating and review on iTunes if you find us on there. And uh, we'll see you next week. For sure. All right, signing off. Thanks, everybody. All right, in solidarity, kind